0: in today's world. I don't need you to tell me how to get it done. I need you to support me in the doing of it. That's what I need. And therefore, I need to trust you. So trust is kind of like the currency of the age. Wow, how can I trust you? Well, you mm. demonstrate integrity and character and honesty and empathy. Okay, now I trust you, so help me do this.
1: Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Kretziger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance. agents. What, what happens if somebody clearly, like you, you lay that out there and they're just like, whatever. They're, they're not buying into this. Yep.
0: So the answer to that is think of an hourglass. So if you take an hourglass and you flip it over, a bunch of the sand just goes... <laughs> And it drops right down. Some of it just kind of takes its time. It's on its way down. And some of it just hangs around on the side. It takes like forever. Yeah. But ultimately it gets there. What you have to decide is, is this person who's obviously not sort of an early adopter and just flows right down, are they just having to wrap their head around what this is all about? I don't quite get it. I'll get there if you give me time. Or are they just culturally not aligned with you? And so I, my advice is give it time, be patient. Everybody's different, help people to see what it is that you see and stay with them. But at the end of the day, if they're clearly not on board, I say, look, I I appreciate the fact that you don't have the same point of view about people as I do. And I respect that. So unfortunately you're going to have to go find an organization that aligns with your culture instead of this one. That's okay. That's not a judgment It's just that this is the way I'm going to run my team. And if that's not the way you want to be run, no problem. But go find a place that you're more comfortable. Yeah. But that is rare if you are willing to help the person make it down through the hourglass. Mm. you got to be willing to do that. And which comes back to do you value the potential of people, right? Give them time to get where they got
2: to go. Sorry. At, At what point do you make the determination that maybe you want it for them more than they do? So a
0: simple test is whether they are influencing negatively those around them. Mm. If they're beginning to have a negative influence around them then you're you're past the point it's time to act. Because a person who is struggling to get it is not a negative influence. They're not a positive influence, but they're not a detractor. But when you see that they're starting to uh work against you then you got to act.
2: Oh yeah. Cuz then it's just Insidious. It just, it can destroy yep. the culture. Yep. Yeah.
0: Quickly. And, and you lose the respect of your team because they're saying, why is he letting that guy get
2: away with that? That right. just
0: doesn't make sense to me. And then your whole credibility's down. So you have to have to manage that.
2: So in this world, what, what can happen a lot is it, it's challenging to find the folks that are going to perform in this, in, at, at the, um, at the level that we need to be successful. Cause the margins are small on the PNC side. Um, and then when you get a really, really, like I've, I've done this a couple of times where you have somebody really, really strong, but they affect the, they affect the rest of the team and Jason's had it too. And I think a lot of people listening probably have, have stuck with that person way too long because of the, Hey, I I'm getting a lot of production here, you know, double everybody else. But at the end of the day, they wreck everything.
0: Absolutely. And it's a tough decision for a leader to make. That's one of the, that's one of the classics, you know, they're high, they're high productivity, but they're bad for the culture. But at Mm. the end of the day, the impact that they have is far greater for, for bad, far greater than you realize. Now, again, if you're a great leader, you're not, you're not like an idiot. You think, okay, this person is definitely not a good cultural fit. So I'm going to have to act on them, but I don't have to act today. I can put a plan in place and, Do it in a way that doesn't hurt the business and, you know, transition, groom somebody up. So it's not like, it's not like it's out of the blue. You see it, you see it coming. You should, you should be taking steps and say, I'm going to try to help him or her. But if they don't turn around, I have a game plan in the back of my pocket, ready to go. Mm. It's gold of the desert Kings.
2: Don't rush across the desert until you've planned for the food and water. Then go. Mm. Do, Do you see that a lot? With with business owners, especially in smaller organizations, where maybe cash flow is needs to be managed very carefully, um, I, I would say
0: it is less cash flow and more lack of appreciation for how to lead. So, mm-hmm. if I were to give you a, a quick example, let's say you start out early in your career and you get a job as a a, a laborer on a road crew, and your job is, you know, you. You dig the ditches and you move the dirt around and stuff. And then you're you're hardworking, so they promote you. So now you got a little team. So you're still digging ditches, but you're also showing the other guys, you know, which shovels to use, which shovels not to use. So they promote you. And now you got the backhoe. Hey, you get to drive the backhoe. That's pretty cool. But you also get to hire the crew. Now you're managing the backhoe. And then they can promote you again. Now you're managing the backhoe and the trucks. And before you know it, instead of just at the end of the day having a beer with the boys, the end of, you know, you're two or three years into your career, you're managing people. you got men and women who are looking to you for leadership and who do you hire and how do you deal with problems on the, on the job site. And you wake up and go, man, like I'm spending more time with people than I am on things. So what do you do? You use the skills that got you promoted. And the thing that got you promoted was I'm good with things. I know how to make – I do this and this happens. I do this and that happens. I do – So you apply your, the things you have learned to your people, but people are not things. So that's why you have in organizations, senior folks who are not good people managers because they're treating the people like things like, okay, I, you know, I tell them what to do. I do this. I organize that, but people are not things. So Mm -hmm. the issue, especially in smaller organization is they're incredibly good at making the sale, dealing with the customer, you know? doing all the, the insurance stuff that you got to do with the forms and the legislation and the government. But they're never been trained to deal with people. So now I got to deal with a person. I deal with it like I deal with anything else. You know, okay, do what I got to do with now, put it aside, move to the next task, but it doesn't right. work like that. So I it would is. say
1: it's less cash and more skill. Sorry. I was going to say, um, just even like my journey or, and I think that this is the way most people get into this business, but what gets you from being a good you're just an employee into a business owner and then becoming like like a somewhat good business owner is like a lot of sweat equity, a lot of that working working working. And then when you get to that point that you need to put somebody there, you know, a, a lot of this aren't that great and you're trying to make it work. And the next thing you know, you're right. Like you, you're treating people like things because it's like, okay, I'm working on all these pieces and it's got to work to make the, the exactly. thing cash flow. And it's like, well, why don't they understand the, the, because yeah. you're, you're, you see the money, you see the time you, you know, you're getting home late at, you know, from work because you know, and and not spending time with your family. So you have that pressure. So there's all these like, like internal pressures that no one gets to see. And then you like put those pressures on the, on the people. And it's like, sure. It's crazy because when you do kind of take more of a inward approach and you start working on yourself, the things that you're talking about, like working on yourself and, and communication with people, you start relieving that tension and everything starts working out a lot better all because of it but you it's it's hard to see that
0: well yeah it's very hard to see it and if you are a small business owner and you have never seen great leadership and i share what i'm just sharing with you they think you're from mars what are you talking about i don't don't even know i i don't know what you're talking about because they have no vision for what it can be in their mind you know, if I need to do more work, I, I run the backhoe for another four hours. If I need more work, I tell you to work harder. It's the same thing. You're a backhoe. It's just, they do not understand. And one of the most difficult things is to get a senior person who has not actually thought this through or had the skills to wake up and realize that actually people are their greatest asset. They, everybody knows that, but they don't act that way. They don't think that way. They don't perform that way. They don't behave that way. They treat people like things. And so I have a mm. problem, change the person. No, no. You have a problem, make the person better. I don't know how to yeah. do that, so I'll just change them. So you never get past mediocrity. Because great people are not great people don't come like off the assembly line. They're groomed, they're trained, they're coached, they're guided, they're helped. And where does yeah. all that come from? Your boss. <laughs> well, if your boss doesn't do that, you're never going to have anything more than an organization of competent but relatively mediocre people because they're not being challenged to be brilliant because you're not challenging yourself to be brilliant. And
2: it speaks it speaks to the importance of having mentors of of coaching your team, of being that person for them. And, you know, and uh, as the leader of also learning, right. Because a lot of times, like you said, we go in not knowing how to do any of that. Maybe we're really good at the job, but we're no longer doing the job. Now we're, we're teaching other people how to do the job because that's leverage, right? Like we're not going to ever have business leverage if they're not doing the job. So now it's like, we need our job is to get good at showing them how to do the job.
0: Exactly, Which comes right back full circle. How do you do that? The only way to do it is show them a mirror of their current behavior and the consequences. I can tell you forever, but they will not listen to me. But if I put them through an experience and they conclude for themselves, they go, Oh, you know, that's right. That's what I do. And that's the outcome. I could do it better. Show me how. So without that experience, it's just a lecture and they wait for you to get out of their office so you can get back to their paperwork.
2: Oh, it's very difficult to break cognitive dissonance. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So they're like, already, this is the way I, I mean, you know, all of us have had those epiphanies where you're like, holy shit, I do that. You know, (laughs) like, I mean, it's crazy. So it's crazy, too.
1: that You're talking about like changing somebody that somebody that's in your organization that is not performing optimally. Like we have two decisions. One is we can just bark orders, throw a bunch of consequences out there, which is I mean, it's the area that we tend to lean to because we're irritated, we're upset and all this other stuff. Well, everything that you spoke to is going the absolute opposite of that. And it's encouraging, it's helping, it's, you know, pushing ahead, creating a better situation, everything that's the opposite of our. It's valuing,
0: it's valuing the potential within every human being. You know, I I had an interesting story. I I was in a room once many years ago and the the chairman of the board of a huge company was talking and he was talking about uh, the importance of people and a lady put her hand up and it was a tech company and she stood up and said excuse me may i just make a comment sir and he said sure she said i have a phd in nuclear physics i work in a rocket propulsion lab i am a rocket scientist <laughs> and i will tell you i am now in leadership and it is way harder than being a rocket scientist <laughs> and she got a standing ovation because people think leadership is just something you do but this lady you know, the phrase, well, it's not rocket science. She said, You know what? Being a leader is the hardest thing I have ever done. And she is right. But if you don't understand that, you treat it as if it's something you can just do in your spare time. Well, we all speak, so I'm a good communicator. We all listen. So Boy. I listen really well. Yeah. What's the problem with that? The problem <laughs> is you get you don't get 80% greater value out of your workforce. That's the problem with that.
2: Right. Yeah. So, so would you say empathy is, the, is one of the most important skills of being a good leader? Yes. I, I'm not sure I'd call it a skill. I think it's a, an
0: attitude, but it's certainly mm. one of the most important attitudes to have. I okay. think the skills are the things that you master to let you demonstrate your empathy. Ah. So, so with J, Jason, that, uh, using your example again, you had empathy for the situation in your family, but you had to go do something about it. It, it reflected mm. in your behavior. So I think there's things like empathy. I think there's things like integrity that drive you to a behavior. You need to learn the behaviors. But if you don't have those core things at the beginning, it's a lot harder.
2: Interesting. So uh, empathy is, is the result of the activity that you put into getting a- to it. Empathy is seen as a result of what you do. Yeah. What would you say
1: the values of a strong leader are? The
0: values as opposed to the behaviors, you mean?
1: Yeah, like what, like as a temperature test. Yeah,
0: so I, I would say the most important, which you probably heard me say about six times already. Yeah. I would think the most important is to recognize the worth of a human being. You know, there's a lot of talk today about diversity, equity, and inclusion training, and we do it. But really at the heart is do you respect the other person? So respect for a human being is an important value, which valuing what they can bring is an important value. I think one of the most important things is what I would consider character, which is missing in today's world, like in spades. If I say something, you can rely on it. It's true. It's not something that I just say. (laughs) Um, It's if I promise to deliver, I will deliver. If I commit to something, you can rely on it. Accountability, those types of things. But those are aspects in my mind of character. And I believe that today's workforce is looking for those kinds of things in their leaders far more than tell me what to do and tell me how to do it. They're smart. Today's world. Okay. Just tell me what to do. I got it. But I need you to demonstrate character, honesty, integrity, worth, the sense that I'm important, the sense that family is important, the sense that our community and our society is important, which, you know, many years ago, we tried to teach that into into organizations and they just forget that. Today, those are far more interesting. People are interested in that because they're realizing that human beings are, especially in the North American workforce, human beings are looking for that kind of leadership because you can figure out how to get it done so efficiently to, in today's world. I don't need you to tell me how to get it done. I need you to support me in the doing of it. That's what I need. And therefore, I need to trust you. So trust is kind of like the currency of the age. Wow, how can I trust you? Well, you mm. demonstrate integrity and character and honesty and empathy. Okay, now I trust you. So help me do this. Yeah. And then I, then I will literally, and I, the, the guy I worked for the I mean, the last career before I went to this one, he was phenomenal. We we would do anything for him. I mean, not immoral or anything, but because we trusted him because he cared for us. Now he was ruthless and he was a tough businessman, but because he cared, you'd say, okay, I feel safe to go out on the limb and do the best I can. I'm not going to get my knuckles wrapped. If I mess up, you're there to help me fix it, but you know, you're going to tell me to fix it. That's fair. So I, I come back to all of those values that you've asked about are manifested in the, in the team member saying, I trust my leader. I mm. trust you. And if you have trust, you can lead people a long, long, long ways. I remember I was in a situation once where a leader had to close a factory. And uh, he was, I'm going to bring everybody together and tell them we're going to close the factory in a year and why we have to do it. I said, that's ridiculous. Are you crazy? They're all going to leave. He said, no, I'm going to treat them like adults. They are adults. This is what I know. I know I'm going to close it in a year. So I said, okay, well, on your head be it. He brought them together and he said, here's the situation. Here's why I'm telling you now. Here are the consequences if I don't close the factory. I really hope none of you leave. And if you do, I respect that and we'll give you a fair package. But I need you for the next year. The performance of the factory went up for that year. No way. I know. It was a huge lesson for me. Huge and I walked away and said, wow, treat people like human beings and adults and maturely and they will respond accordingly. That was, it was a phenomenal thing for me to see. It was so foreign to me, but I learned again from a, that particular leader that he treated people with respect. He earned their trust. He didn't hide behind it. He didn't pretend something. He just, he said, no, I can't tell you everything legally, but I can tell you what I can tell you and I'll tell you. And People said, okay, we got it. And we got that you need us. And when it's over, you'll look after us. Okay, we trust you. Amazing. So those kinds of leaders get the 80% that <laughs> you guys said you, you, know, you had when you found a great leader. So yeah. it's not magic. In other words, it's, we're not talking about something that is abstract and can't be mastered. It begins with being willing to behave that way. You got to be mm-hmm. willing, back to your example, Jason, where you were willing to do things that didn't benefit you. You got to be willing to earn the trust of your people, even if it means being more honest and more respectful and more transparent. But the payback is off the charts.
1: I love it. Mic drop on that one. I. It is crazy. Trust is the ultimate. I mean, yeah. Well, we. I've had those. I've had those. Um, those jobs. There was a couple in in particular that we would do anything for the owner or the manager, and it was. Uh, I mean, they really it was, we all trusted them more than
2: anything. And like, we would do anything for, for them. And and how much easier is that for the owner just to (gasps) behave as a leader? Because they're going to be there, right? Like you're either going to behave like a leader. Don't. And then all that frustration is gone on the back. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You're so right. You are not over in the group of the agents saying, ah, I'm so tired of employees. They're the worst, right? You're over here going, Man, I love my team. We're crushing it. Yep, exactly. Exactly, love it. I've had both teams. (laughs) I've had both of those. (laughs) All right. Well, you understand. Yeah, I've stood in both groups. Right.
1: Well, cool, Phil. This has been absolutely phenomenal. We don't want to. I know we started a little late, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But like, how can people get a hold of you? What's 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 the info? And you got to
2: tell them about the the new book. Yeah, or the most recent book. (laughs)
0: Well, I've written several.
2: Uh, There's a new one coming out
0: from Forbes, uh, which will be in, I think, July, middle of July. The best way to get a hold of me is philgeldart.com. I've got a website. It's all there. Uh, I run a company, but I've also got a website because people tend to want to say, well, what do you do and how do you do it? And and I can point them to the company. So philgeldart.com, thank you for asking me. And so do I qualify here as an insurance dude? Oh, a you thousand do. Percent. All right, that's a, that's a privilege, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I am going
2: to pick up in search of the gold of the desert kings. I'm very interested in that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Well, cool. Thank you, Phil. It's been right, awesome to have you on. It was a pleasure. It was yeah. a pleasure. Fun to chat. Thanks a lot. Thank you.